Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Woody Banter Book Club podcast. I am Maddie, here with... Courtney. Hello, and today we will be reviewing the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. Um, mm-hmm. It's another spooky scary. It's a romance, just forewarning. Also, today, Maddie and I are dressed up as the Gothic Southern. Mm. Also... Any wit from American Horror Story Coven. <laughs> so, um, hello yep. and welcome. Hello. I think this one's yours. This is your, it's your time. Yeah, it is. This also, like, I keep seeing myself and I do not recognize that person in the camera. I do not oh. know her. I, full disclosure, this hat might be coming off because they drive me nuts. Um, oh, okay, valid. those of you watching, you may notice, it's not my normal background, it's because I'm traveling. The grind never stops. Podcasting never stops. Um, we do it wherever we be, so, that being said, yep. give us, give us the lowdown, give us the rundown, Mads. Okay, today we are doing... Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. This is my second time reading this book. This is I actually listened to the audiobook this time because I read it already and I was like, I heard the audiobook is good. So I'm going to try out the audiobook and it is so good. It like I can't even describe how good the audiobook is. The narrator does an incredible job. She gives everybody their own voice and it's just like it's really good. So um, this story follows a lone housewife named Patricia, and Patricia is a mother, obviously, she, she's a housewife. Um, she has two kids named Corey and Blue, and a husband named Carter, and her husband is a psychiatrist, and he is, uh, he's a real piece of work, to say the least. Um, and her kids are... The book starts in like the early 90s and it takes place throughout the entire 90s. So we see her kids grow up, but her kids start out, you know, as like in elementary school. And by the end of the book, uh, her oldest is a senior in high school. So Patricia is a little bored with her life. So she's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to join this community book club. And she joins this book club and she's assigned to read Cry the Beloved Country, which I actually have read because of, isn't that weird? Like, I was like, I've never heard, I've literally never heard anybody talk about this book except for in this book. Like, I've never heard anybody just randomly be like, oh, you've read Cry Beloved the Country? I'm like, yes, actually I have. My 10th grade English teacher made me read it. Anyway. So in she got she's she's got duties she's got she's got presentating duties okay imagine a situation where you're me or Courtney and you have to present the book that's what she's got to do um and guess what she didn't read the book and because of that she was like you know what I'm just gonna go off vibes which we've all been there right we're like the assigned reading person for school one day and we're like you know what I didn't read it I'm gonna just really quickly look at the spark notes and then hope for the best well she didn't have she didn't even have time to look at the spark notes she was so busy doing housewife duties and she goes to this and she's like wow it's crazy how this book is like so on topic with what's going on in South Africa and the head of like the book club's like what's going on in South Africa and she's like I don't know what is going on in South Africa I think it's just really powerful what's going on over there and then the lady who, like, is the book club um, 
she's like, what did you think about Nelson Mandela? And she's like, oh, I thought it was really powerful that he was in this. And she's like, got you. You didn't read the book because Nelson Mandela is not in the book. And Patricia is mortified. She's like, oh my God, like I've only lived in this town for a little bit. And now all these women are going to think that I am just like, I don't have it together at home. Like I should be able to be in a book club and take care of my family and do all of these things at the same time. But she wasn't able to. So she's like, oh my God, I'm a failure. Like I'm a horrible failure. Well, Patricia is like, all right, I guess I'll just see myself out. So she leaves. And as she's leaving, there's a couple other women who come up and they're like, you know what? That Marjorie girl, she's a real B. Like we, like we do not like her. She is rude and she just thinks she's better than everybody. And honestly, the books that we read are boring. Like who cares about these boring, boring books? Let's read something interesting. So she and this group of four girls, besides herself, so it's a group of five, they decide they are going to start reading the Spookies. Uh, so where they're going to be reading Dracula and like the, man- the about the Manson murders and everything that's kind of spooky, scary, true crime-ish. And they decide that's what they're going to do. And it go it's going really well for a couple of years. They they have a couple of years of this going on. They re- they build like a really good community amongst the five of them, and things are just going really great. Well, that is until one day Patricia comes home from her from her uh, book club, and she's like, "Oh, my son, he's such a little stinker. I was I told him to take the trash out, but then he didn't do it, and I know that if I tell him to do it now, he's not going to take it." And so she goes to take out the trash and she's attacked. She is attacked by a raven a, a ravenous beast who's attacking her and she loses her ear in the process. And she f- comes to find out that the thing that attacked her was a person. It was somebody who lived down the street from her and she learns this from the supposed nephew of this neighbor named and his name is james harris now something i forgot to mention also is that during this time between the first book club and where she's at now uh her mother-in-law comes to visit and then all of a sudden she lives there because her mother-in-law is older and now instead of taking care of her husband and her house and her two kids she now is in charge of taking care of his her husband's elderly mother So Patricia is really stressed out, and this getting her whole ear bit off thing is just, it's just escalating. But James Harris, what? So it's not the vibe. It is not the vibe. Um, James Harris, though, he's kind of hot, and he's around a lot, and he's kind of secret and mysterious, and Patricia kind of likes that about him. And so the story follows her convincing herself that he is a vampire. Um, and as you can tell from the title, perhaps the book club might be involved at some point. Anyway, so this book is very good. It is what I like to call social horror. So there are definitely horror elements, right? So we've got like the traditional, uh, you know, spooky spiders crawling around and like blood and guts and stuff like that. But we've also got things that are scary in real life. For an example, the pressures that women are put under when it comes to being a parent. Uh, 
what it's like to be a woman whose husband sucks, what it's like to be in a community where people are very judgmental and take everything very uh, personally and gossip a lot. Uh, it's a story about uh, the oppression of Black people and people of color in certain parts of South Carolina, and it is about vampires. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this book, but it's all very, very good. Yeah, um, it ties them together well. It does. There's not every part plays a role in. It, it's all one cohesive story that touches on all these topics significantly. So, um, if this is your first time watching the podcast, we have a spoiler-free section, which is what we're doing now, so we're not going to go any more in-depth into the book, but we are going to talk about now our rating system, which is the next part of our spoiler-free section. We're going to talk about would we recommend this to another reader? Would we recommend this to our sisters? Would we recommend this to anybody? Um, we're Then we're going to rate it on our ever-changing, scary scale. <laughs> So let's start with Courtney. Would you recommend this book to a fellow reader? I would say so. It's good. It's spooky. It's not for my romancy girls. Um, but, you know, broaden your horizons. Try some new stuff out if you just are reading romance. It's a good book. Um, I liked, I wouldn't say there's like lots of twists and stuff, but I liked the resolution a lot. And I liked a lot of some of the social issues that they touched on. So, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I obviously recommend this. I I will recommend this book to anybody who's like, I want something scary. I'm like, oh, you gotta read something book club. Like, I, <laughs> I really like this story. I think it's so well written. I just love this story. Um, and the audiobook is great too. So if you haven't listened to the audiobook, uh, I would recommend that also. Uh, okay. Would you recommend this book to your younger sisters? Maybe. There's some parts where I'm like, where it gets like a little sexual uh, I think that's just the nature of anything vampiric it's framed around seduction so this one kind of mm -hmm. like toes the line in some areas but I think overall it would be okay yeah I don't know if I would recommend it to somebody under 18 for a couple reasons so one the obvious like seduction of vampires like vampires are just sexy and they're always trying to seduce people. Um, I also just don't think that they would relate very hard. Like, younger people would relate very much to it. Like, I don't relate to Patricia very much because I'm not a stay-at-home mom in the South. <laughs> but um, I think it would be particular. But, like, as a woman who's older, I think that I could understand a little bit more about, like, her struggle. Whereas I think somebody under 18 would be like, I don't get it like just right. do something and that's just not the way that things work so now let's bring out our scale our ever-changing scale we'll start out with the uh realism what would you write the realism of this book um okay you know what honestly i think it's probably like a four that's gonna sound really weird but i thought like for the time and place that it was set was very realistic I thought relationally between the people it was very realistic and then like the whole vampire thing it isn't even like a like 
like it's it's like they don't it's even like a new really take on vampires. They don't know what he yeah. is. They just a vampire's like the closest thing that they can conjure up to explain what he is and what he does. And so I like I kind of liked that element. Like it wasn't as like gimmicky or as like played out as like all the other vampire stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also okay I also like there was real consequences. Like there were people that died. There was no cure. Um, and also like their resolution to getting rid of the monster. Um, it wasn't like like they're free of him. Like there's still always this looming possibility mm-hmm. that could come back um and i i liked that like i thought it was more i mean it, of course it's it's vampires like vampires so it's gonna be less realistic than like an everyday story but i thought like the pacing was really well that she did really he did really well with the pacing sorry we mostly do female authors on here so like, yeah um i thought it was pretty realistic especially for what it is though and like I I think the higher score for realism for me really comes from the fact that it wasn't like gimmicky. I thought it was very creative, and um, even though there's an element of like supernatural beings, it didn't detract from the story a ton or make it too like whimsical. It was truly like scary, and I, I, like they touched on a lot of social issues too that I thought were very realistic for the time period need shit from you today like they don't need anything from me any other day i swear to god okay it's always about it's inconvenient i know okay so for realism i would agree i think that it is like there are parts of it that feel just so real um obviously there are things that are not going to be as realistic as other parts but I think that it is done in a way that is so real. Like, it like it doesn't feel... You know how, like, when you read vampire stories, like, this is a bad example, but, like, Twilight... Well, I guess you didn't read Twilight. Like, okay, so you know, like, when you watch, like, like, Vampire Diaries or Twilight or something, like, it's all kind of, like, whimsical. Like, the whole, like, vampire-ness, the whole actions done by like people who are anti-vampire it's all whimsical that's not that's not real like it it's not like a a blood curdling like a stomach dropping fear it's like yeah they're hot and sexy and also evil right not here there's not sexy he is there's weird yeah he doesn't got fangs Ugh. Ugh. yeah just thinking about it makes don't tell them I know. I want. It is disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. It's gross. it's really gross. Kind of reminded me of Alien, like Alien movies. Did you ever? Watch I've them? actually never seen them. <laughs> Anyhow, um, <laughs> yeah. So I would give it a four as well, just because of that element of it being somewhat supernatural is a problem, but. It's not. And there are other, like, supernatural things that happen in this book other than just, like, vampireness. There's, like, a couple other things as well. Um, okay. What about the character development? Mm, I would say, like, a four. Um, she thinks she's going crazy for a while, which 
like valid <laughs> and mm-hmm. her stupid husband makes her feel that way too does not have her back whatsoever um mm-hmm. and like I feel like by the end of the book she really came into her her own like she's more than just someone's wife more than just someone's mom um and she makes very like selfless sacrifice to try and save everyone else like I thought that that and the thing too is like she goes back and forth throughout the book um wondering if she's like crazy or if this is legit and like everyone is in her face telling her that she's crazy except for one other lady um who is also in her face telling her that she let her down um and so like she's being torn in all these different directions so by the end of the book like she's decisive she does what she has to do to save her family and she also gains some level of like self-worth so i thought that that was like a really powerful growth from where she started out in the book um that being said like some of the side characters were just jerks uh, especially her husband yeah so i th- i think it was probably like a four I love the character development in this book. There's a line that just like solidifies it for me at the end of the book that I'm just like, this is good character development. Bless you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I I just Um, really liked her as a character. Like, even though I'm not a mom, not a stay-at-home mom, there were parts that I could resonate with. I think mm -hmm. any woman who's been in a relationship with a man relate to some parts of this book yeah but um yeah I think I don't know I really like her character development I like the character development of all the women in the book um there's some that we don't get to see a full resolution for but some of them are just genuinely just side characters that don't really need to have a resolution but everything I think the main people grow a lot yeah. Um, okay. What do you think about the spooky scariness? Ooh, five. Well, <laughs> okay. Honestly, like, there there are some things that I could read that would probably be scarier, but there was just so many, like, grotesque moments that really made me feel like I wanted to vomit. <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah. Because uh, that's what you look for when you read a book like this. Uh Right. It was very unnerving. I'll say that in certain ways. And I don't know if that's just because of my particular reservations about certain things, but like they just really grossed me out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there are some parts you were like, oh, yeah, this thing is so gross. So, like, just you wait. <laughs> um, It's pretty descriptive. So, uh, it's pretty gross, uh, and you can kind of feel the grossness, so I give it a five as well. Yeah. Um, and that's all I want to say about that. Yeah. Uh, okay, overall, what would you rate the book? Uh, five. Um, really? I'm, yeah, I like, I already gave one I gave ninth house five, I think. So I'm like, 
I'm laxing my standards, but I, like it was a good story. I it's different from like most of the stuff that we read. There's not like an underlying line of romance, and like usually mm-hmm. there has to be some sort of element of that for me to buy in even with the fantasy books that we read like romance has to be an undertone or i'm just usually not super interested i need to have something to root for like a a pair to root for um but like that wasn't really at all in this book and i still really enjoyed it so i think it like kind of took me by surprise and it's just not what i normally read and i still really enjoyed it so i think that's partially where that score's coming from um but like i thought the pacing was pretty good i liked there's a point in the story where like trisha's on the precipice of uncovering stuff and she basically lets everyone talk her into into telling herself that she's crazy um and then we kind of have to go through the whole process all over again um and like she has some reservations because she was called crazy the first time but like Despite that, I thought the like the pacing was really good. I liked that they kind of reverted back to normal for a while, and it wasn't just like intense point after intense point after intense point. Like I feel like I get that a lot out of books. And normally, writing's very formulaic, and this is still formulaic, but it was refreshing because of the changes of pace. Yeah. Hmm. I okay. So the first time I read it, I gave it a five. Because I really liked it the first time I read it. And then I listened to the audiobook and I'm giving it a five still. So it, it holds okay. up like over time. Because, you know, as I've mentioned a couple times before, like I have a theory that like the books that you read when you first got back into reading, you're going to find to be like better than they actually are because they helped you start to like to read again. Um, this book was one of the books that I started reading in like the middle, but like not this is, like, one of the last non-romance books I ever read. Like, before I started reading romance a lot. And I loved it then, and I love it now. It's such a good story. It's different than every other vampire story that I've ever read. It is... It talks about issues that are pretty important, and I think that the characters are all relatable I will say that there are a lot of triggers in this book. So if you are somebody who has triggers, you should look what they look up what they are before you read this book because there are at least four I can think of off the top of my head. Um, so there are, there's quite a few big ones that are in here. So just be wary of that. But if you want to still read it and you should still read it, it is very very good just look out for those things um there's one like for an example um grady hendrix i've read three of his books and half of one because there was a trigger for me in one of them and i just couldn't i couldn't get past i ever turned to the book (laughs) um and the book is very good and it's compelling. The first time I read it, I read it really, really fast. I think I read it in like one sitting because I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot put this down. It just kind of draws you in from the start. And it's very rare that you find men who can write women appropriately. And I think Grady Hendrix does a great job of writing women. Uh, he also does Final Girl, which is right here, which is a woman main character. Haunted House is a woman main character. And then the other one I read, which is Best Friend's Exorcism, is also a woman main character. So he writes a lot of women and he writes them well, opposed to other men who are like, 
her giant voluptuous chest was bouncing as she uh stood st- as she stood stationary yeah so. and i will say like there are a lot of undertones not even undertones of misogyny in this book coming from the men like i think that showed a good self-awareness maybe uh and like i i do think Grady Hendrix did a good job of uh, putting himself in a woman's shoes. There's sometimes where I read I read women written by women, and I'm like, have you even lived a day in in your own body? Like, <laughs> and I get our experiences are all different, but like, I think he does a really good job of capturing our experience. Um, especially like mm-hmm. these women in particular are housewives, so like it's it's not like the girl boss. I mean, like they kind of are girl bosses by the end, but like it's not like the girl boss <laughs> vibes that we get nowadays. And like it's okay to be a stay at home mom. It's totally fine. They deal with different struggles and stuff, and like yeah, and, and, you know, this was also the '90s, so it's a little different culturally than where we're at now. And they're in the South. Yes. Which is very different than what we're used to. <laughs> so true. This little Southwest release. Yeah. Even before that, like, we lived in Colorado, and it was just not like... Nope. Uh, okay, so we are going to move on to the spoiler section. So if you haven't read the book, get out of here! Because you should, unless you are traumatized by certain triggers, then I get it. But still, maybe just skip those parts. Although I get it if you can't, because I literally did not read My Best Friend's Exorcism because I could not get past the fact that he kills the dog in it, so. Valid. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk spoilers. Um, I, there's, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, because I'm just going to get into the rats right after that. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, my favorite part of the book is at the end when Carter is, like, listing out things that she needs to do. And she just goes, Carter, I want a divorce. Oh. And it's just, it's so, it is so satisfying. Like, it is ridiculously satisfying. I'm it's like, yes! Leave his ass. He, yeah, he is a psychiatrist. He literally uses her children as a weapon against her to get her to behave a certain way. He tries to prescribe her medication. He uh, cheats on her all the time. And he takes a literal vampire side over his own wife. Mm-hmm. Calls her a liar, embarrasses her in front of all of her friends and yeah. all of their husbands, and then also won't take her side when they're parenting their kids. She's just in this mm-hmm. all by herself, and yeah, he's a real piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tap on that one. He is awful. I hated him, and when all started, of the husbands suck. Yeah, and he starts getting calls from, like, these women, and she, like, writes it off in her head. I'm like, girl, we know what's going on. You know what's going on. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. he just sucked. And so, yeah, at the end, she's like, I don't know, divorce. I was like, good for you, babe. You've already been Mm -hmm. through enough. Uh, And he doesn't have your children's best interest in mind. He is just money hungry. Yeah. That's all he cares about. 
plenty of success. Um, and he tries to dictate mm-hmm. every element of her life. Ugh. Yep. Yeah, that was such a it was a good, powerful woman moment. Um, mm-hmm. but anyways, so there's a part in the book where literal rats just flood in, like biblical flood of rats, and they eat her mother-in-law. They eat her. Mm-hmm. And they try like, to eat her nanny or her help or what her caretaker, and sorry. they try to eat the dog. Yeah, they're flooding in through like the bottom of the door. Any, uh, uh, like reading that literally made my skin crawl. Uh, <laughs> and I was just like horrified. Um, yeah, li- like honestly, there's just so many gruesome moments. Like she she goes out to um the what's it called six. Six block something? Six mile, I think. Six mile. It's the area of town where the lower income minority people live. Um, and of course they're like the police are gone there to investigate crime and stuff. Mrs. Green reaches out to Patricia. Patricia goes out there because somebody's daughter is missing and she finds James Harris in his van over her daughter. And instead of being, like, you know, sexy vampire, um, he has what she describes almost as, like, a, a like, a spider leg, a co- cockroach leg. Cockroach leg. It, it comes out of his stomach through his esophagus, and he, like, inserts it into people's femoral arteries, so, like, he, which, honestly, like, it makes more sense how a vampire could get away with, you know, uh, eating blood if you're doing it from like the inside of someone's thigh as opposed to their neck and like why he was getting away with it and he's just like he feeds on children and like uh, the description he... of him feeding on people makes me so sick like and that's where the alien part he is in the alien movies there's like right. a little that comes out and... he is so smart and not in like uh oh he's like so great for doing this. He's so smart in a way that like Patricia lacks, which I think is kind of like a fun like side by side because on one hand, you have Patricia completely ignoring the fact that her son is on track to become a a Nazi. And on the other hand, you've got James Harris who is so hyper-focused on how people perceive people of color that he's like, oh, well, if I go and target minority children, nobody's going to care because it's minority children. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I think it's just kind of uh, interesting uh, side-by-side of the two. Well, and he's been, it, it comes down to the fact that he's been alive for like 400 years. Like, you learn mm-hmm. how to survive. He he's simultaneously ingraining himself in the community, right? Like making these people all these all this money. He's like building a new house there. He's inserting himself into the book club, becoming besties with all the husbands. Like he's creating a persona for himself, so that even like even like when she starts to voice her concerns, people are like, "You're crazy! You're crazy! It couldn't be him!" And like. He's smart enough to pull from a population. Like, he, he's he's not eating his friend's kids. At least not yet. Right? His friends. He's, like, doing it 
with the minority kids and he's ingraining himself in this community so he's like simultaneously building up this like i mean it's horrific but it's a great setup for him with what he is and like yeah she's it's, it's so, like the traditional and and i think that yeah. comes back to in the way that they have to get rid of him like so they basically they're like we have no idea how to kill this thing um and the ladies eventually come back around and help support her but they literally just have to chop him up and keep his body in like two different graves that were supposed to be for one of the club members and her husband and it says at the end when patricia walks by his the, the unmarked graves that she can hear like the rustling in the bag so he's really not even like dead and i think that just goes dead. to show like i i really liked that element of this book right like it it's not like a oh we staked him in the heart he's dead gone forever and like there's no like he's in a the, coffin with seven inches of blood <laughs> yeah and like i always think of vampire diaries like oh we'll just go across the veil and bring him back like all this crazy plot there no they didn't get rid of him it, they like found a solution for them but like I don't know. I I thought also, you know, the whole thing with Slick. So there's one friend that she has who, like, when she goes kind of crazy, she she does a little uh, pill party with herself, and uh, I don't want to say the word. She I don't even yes. know if she was trying to commit not alive, but she definitely was like people were calling her crazy. Her husband gave her all these pills. She took a bunch of them. So she gets institutionalized. The only person to come see her is Slick. And then, like, her relations all, her relationships all feel, like, very surface level after that. Until things start to go awry again. But, like, Slick's the only one who comes to see her in the hospital. She's the only one she feels like she still has a good relationship with. She's the one she reaches out to when she decides that she is going to go search through his house. And Slick ends up getting uh impregnated with the demon baby thing i don't know it it literally is like aliens like it reminds me of aliens but if mm-hmm. they were like vampires instead um so like and something really bad happens is like and then like at the end of the book she dies like there's a real consequence they can't save her um and it's it's a consequence of their actions of them disregarding patricia and it's also a consequence of patricia not believing in herself and like we also have some ghosties throughout miss mary mm-hmm. uh, her mother-in-law she comes back and she's like that vampire is trying to get my grandbabies and they find a picture of him with her mother-in-law's dad yeah. and basically did the same thing a couple towns up you know 100 years ago or not even 70 years ago mm-hmm. and like I, I mean like I can't even imagine how crazy you would feel, like, trying to validate all this stuff for yourself, and then sharing it with people you trust, and then telling you you're also crazy. And you're right, like, she was right the whole time, and eventually he started feeding on her daughter, which was awful. And, like, I, here's the thing, though, too, is, like, I, Patricia had to, like, really put on the blinders after that incident where they all called her crazy because like in the book when they started describing that her daughter like wasn't hanging out with friends anymore and she was spending a lot of time in her room 
mm-hmm. I was like, you should probably look into that, Patricia. Something's probably happening. Yeah. And look at how close he's mm-hmm. trying to get with your son. Like, guard your children. Um, and like, she, well, she I think he the best he with all she had, but like, yeah. I thought that he was purposefully portraying that he was getting closer with Blue, so she'd be more on top of Blue and, like, watching what Blue is doing so that he could have easy access to Corey. Yeah, well, and she's, I mean, she's, like, a teenage girl. She probably likes to, like, sneak out and mm-hmm. stuff, you know? It's just... It's hard because I Patricia is in this really awful scenario, right? She thought she was right now she thinks she's crazy and i think she it, it's like when the pendulum swings it always swings back right so she was like full on this he's a vampire or whatever and then it swung back and i think she was just denying everything after that that looked wrong until the photo kind of struck that with her and like um i honestly i think it's everyone else's fault for and and like you know I get that they were skeptical, but, like, at the end of the day, all of the men chose another man over their own wives. They chose to believe another Mm -hmm. man over their own wives. They cornered them. They embarrassed them. And as a direct result of that, Patricia thought she was crazy. It's, like, ended up dying, and, uh, like, they almost lost their kids. So, yeah. I, and then, when she was getting ready to go like be she basically was like i'm gonna sacrifice myself to this man so he'll leave my daughter alone and my friends can kill him while he's busy and her husband was like well i'm just gonna go watch the game love you bye i was like oh what a piece of i mean (laughs) he didn't know what she had planned but i'm still like he he's the worst he and like he really is just kind of an average man (laughs) yeah i loathed him he to expect your wife to stay home, raise your kids, and, like, to embarrass her, to try and get her to act a certain way, to leverage your children against her, all while you're gallivanting around the country with your buddies, sliding into, like, a new 20-year-old's bed every night. Like, what a human piece of garbage. Yeah. Truly. Mm-hmm. And then, when they're and it was divorced, all of us. When they're getting divorced, he sits down the kids, and he's like, I just want you to know that, like, I'm going to keep the house and the vacation house, and your mom's probably going to live in, like, some dingy apartment, and her life's going to suck, so you can live with her and me. And then the kids are like, we'll live with mom. Yeah. And Blue's literally, like, sleeping on a couch. I'm like, that just goes to show, like, you were trying to play, and I think men do this a lot. They try and play, like, ally with their kids, and they mm-hmm. demonize their kids' moms. Uh, and then, like, if they get divorced, the kids still want to be with mom because she provides some sort of, like, structure. Even if she has more rules and stuff, like, they know that she's reliable and their dad's, like, gallivanting around the country. I think that, I mean, like, I think that's just something that's pretty common that men do still to this day. But, like, yeah, really, if anything, like it's a relationship between them in the book. Like, yeah. From a personal experience, I since my parents didn't live in the same state, I was eventually asked, like, well, where do you want to go? And I was like, well, I guess with my mom, because <laughs> my mom is the one who's, like, 
been providing for me emotionally for the last 12 years. As much as I love my dad, I don't want to go and live over there. <laughs> I honestly, I think if I had had a choice, like, I, because my parents had 50-50, maybe watching this, who knows. Um, I, like, my dad always provided more, like, financial stability for me, right? But, like, Same. emotionally, relationally, uh, he just couldn't compare to my mom. And, like, as a teenage girl, I needed that. I still do. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you can, I mean, and I hate to say this, but, like, you can, like, be struggling and, like, be upfront with your kid and, like, you know, maybe you guys both have to split, like, a pack of ramen for dinner. But as long as they're investing in them, like, emotionally and stuff like that, it carries a lot more than just, like, you know, buying your kid a pizza because you have the money and never, like, chatting with them. Like, sometimes those hardships, yeah. as long as you're investing in that, like, and so, like, I I think that's, like, a, a bigger... It, it's like a side story in the story, but I personally resonated with that a lot. And, like, I think it takes um, a decent man to be able to look at, like, the social inequities that happen in relationships, stuff like that. And to, to in a book that he writes, demonize another man. Like, I think sometimes mm-hmm. we tend to drift towards defending whatever side our gender's on in any sort of conversation like this. And so, I, personally, I have a lot of appreciation for Grady Hendrix for being kind of self-aware and also mm-hmm. not just painting all these women out to be the problem. Yeah. I What I like about this book also is that it's like the epitome of Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss because all three of those things happen in this book. There's so much gaslighting, there's so much gatekeeping, and there is a lot of girl bossing at the end. Yeah. So much girl bossing. Cutting through arms, ripping them off. Mm -hmm. The scene when she's in the attic and that cockroach crawls into her ear canal, I think about it like once a month. I think about it all the time because it's so gross. I'm like, oh, and then she squeezes it and she hears it pop and then she feels all the goo coming out. Yeah, that honestly might be like the grossest part of this book. And yeah, so she's or like the the spiders crawling all over her. Yeah, the rat poison that she has to spread thin so it looks like it has not been disturbed body in the suitcase that one's been done before that's not original yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's like the most original story of a vampire i've ever read we're like the suitcase we've seen it before (laughs) um no but uh, back to your point earlier because i was just thinking about this how much smarter he is than her she tries to frame him by leaving one of the murder victims driver's license in his car and he finds it and he's like did you really think did you really think that that was gonna work it's so weird i found this in here what do you think happened how do you think that got into my car she's like i don't know i'm crazy i'm crazy and then when she shows up and she's like 
I'll let you have me. Just leave my kid alone. And he starts laughing. I was like, that's one evil mother. Do you think you'll read any other Grady Hendrix books? Or has he scared you off with his... Um, I will say... will, but, like, it's definitely a time of year type thing for me. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I would... I'm probably going to wait until next October because this one's almost done. Uh, yeah. But, um, I mean, I like the spooky, scary vibes. It's just not something I like on a regular basis. Yeah, this one, this, this one in particular is very, like, Halloween. And the Final Girls is more of, like, a thriller than it is a horror book. I mean, there's definitely, like, horror elements in it. It's, like, stalking and stuff like that. But it's a little bit more about thrillerness. Okay. And then... How to Sell a Haunted House is, it's about a haunted house, but it's more about a haunted doll than anything else. Um, Did you cry when you read this book? No. I did. I did get a little emotional, like, especially the slick. That was really sad. Mm -hmm. Um, And then to, like, top that all off, not only did she get impregnated with a weird vampire thing that and then she was like um could you guys just like incinerate me when i die so that this doesn't take over my body the fact that her husband was cheating on her the whole time is just like mm-hmm. i don't know and also she, was, like, she has a good friend to patricia yes yeah. and she she wants to be incinerated which goes against her religious beliefs and slick is very very religious yeah, she's the most religious, and of course, then she's the one mm-hmm. who is, like, defiled in this way, like, uh, and, like, it's also just so sad. She calls Patricia, she, like, she doesn't want her family to know, she doesn't want him to go after mm-hmm. her family, and so she's struggling with this all by herself while she's dying, mm-hmm. and not only has, like, her entire belief system been challenged, but, like, she's the most devout in her faith, and now she's been essentially, like, cursed with this evil monstrosity. Yeah. That was tough to read, but, um, it didn't quite bring me to tears. Uh. Yeah, this one, it makes me cry. Uh, How to Sell a Haunted House, I sobbed. Like, even after reading it, I was still crying. So It's uh, really sad. Yeah. PSA. For those of you who might read yeah. these books. Yeah. And I'm not... Listen, I know I said I cry, like, over Harry Potter and stuff like that. But then if Harry Potter is sad, okay? <laughs> but yes. generally, I'm not a big crier. And... Media makes me cry, and yeah. the, these are things that make me cry. The end I of this book. That. The I end think of I've that only one. seen you cry. I can probably count it both hands. Aside from yeah. like books and stuff, super yeah, big crier. But sometimes it just brings it out in you, you know. Yeah, that's how you know it's a good book. Like if it can elicit that strong of an emotion. That you get, like, a physical mm-hmm. reaction. Yeah. I 
<laughs> I keep getting physical reactions reading Fourth Wing. Like, I'll go, <laughs> like, out loud, like, okay, first of all, <laughs> I meant, like, <laughs> like, that kind of physical reaction. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, moral of the story, Southern Book Club is great. The audiobook is also great, so whichever way you want to consume your media, it'll be a good story, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's all I had. I It was a good book. I liked it. It's definitely mm-hmm. out of my normal, like, wheelhouse, but I was all for it, so if you're a romance girly watching this, give it a try. Don't write it off. Yeah, um, just try it out a little bit. If you are wondering what we're up to when we're not here speaking to you, you're not watching us, if you're watching us, uh, you can check out our social media. We, Maddie and I have made the executive decision we're getting rid of Facebook. It's gone. Because, okay, listen. You yeah. know how, like, ten is too many for our ratings? We do five. Ten's simply too many. It, we either gotta do three or five, because the four accounts, mm-hmm. it feels wrong. Okay, so anyways, you can follow us on Instagram, you can follow us on TikTok or Pinterest at the Witty Banter Book Club. Um, we also have an Etsy store where we sell bookmarks mm-hmm. for the podcast. They're cutesy. Um, and, you know, if you're listening on any of the listening platforms, thank you. Uh, subscribe, like, whatever. Do whatever you feel is right. Um, but follow us on this literary journey that we're on. Uh, and for those of you watching on YouTube, hello. Thank you. Like, comment, subscribe. You know. You know the deal. Uh, is there anything you'd like to discuss? No. I think the only thing I have to say now is... Happy reading!